episode 763. Packers scouts were in Alabama this week looking at prospects. To talk about the players they saw at the Senior Bowl, we welcome pigskin Paul Guillemet for his second of a two-week engagement on the show. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans. Welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Carvu, and you're listening to Railbird Central, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. We're previewing the Senior Bowl today, where Packers scouts have been this week. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the line today. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're talking to pigskin Paul Guillemet on the phone. Paul, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing fine. It's it's ketchup day. It's ketchup day. What does that mean? It means I'm putting ketchup on my eggs. No, it means it's ketchup. <laughs> it's ketchup day because practices are complete, and it's time to wrap some of that up, put them some things out there, and then it's time to get our head wrapped around a whole different beast, which is the Senior Bowl game. Sounds good. We're going to talk about that in depth, and we're going to talk about some of these players. But, Paul, I, I slipped you some money before the show to trail Ted Thompson this week. He wasn't at the Shrine game last week. Was he in Mobile this week? Well, first, let me tell you, the check bounced. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yes, he was. I am happy to say, literally, and this is this is more like the scenario than I am used to, after eight years at the Shrine, and this is my 20th time in a row down here at the Senior Bowl, Ted was literally, on Tuesday morning when the weigh-in took place, Ted was literally the first executive that I saw in the building, and I did say hello to him, which kind of confused him, because, <laughs> you know, no, no, seriously, because, you know, basically, as you get older, you don't know this yet, but as you get older, your mind gets full. You can only hold so much. And so it is not significant in Ted Thompson's life that he has any clue who pigskin Paul Gilmet is. Uh, but basically, I I expressed to him that I had missed him in St. Pete. And his basic answer was, I was kind of busy last week, <laughs> which certainly made sense getting ready for an NFC championship game. But he was here all week. I saw him buzzing around up in the stands, out on the field, looked like the usual Ted Thompson doing his uh, dog work, leg work, and scouting players. Mike McCarthy confirmed yesterday that Ted Thompson is going to be the Packers GM for the time being, I guess. So he didn't put a time frame on it, but uh, Ted's at work, so good to hear, good to hear. Paul, I, I got lots of questions about these players here, so... Uh, if you don't mind, we'll dig right in here. And let's start with the quarterback position and Cal quarterback Davis Webb. There's obviously a lot of attention on Cal quarterbacks with, with the guy on the Packers roster and then the number one overall pick last year, Jared Goff. How does Webb stack up to these guys? Well, I I think he, he probably stacks up a lot closer to what we saw from Jared Goff than he does to what we see from Aaron Rodgers. But, but. Brian, I, I don't think you'll disagree with me on this. I would caution people that 
the first year or two, maybe even, that Aaron Rodgers was in Green Bay, an awful lot of us were not impressed. And in fact, we were concerned. Uh, you know, he was constantly mm-hmm. banged up and he didn't look like he grasped the system immediately. Uh, so, as always is said, not all these guys come out of college ready to star in the NFL. Some of them do, but you have other guys that it takes them a few years to get going. Davis Webb looked okay to me. I think he's got a good arm, not a great arm, but he's got a good arm and he's a big guy. He, despite his roaming around after transferring from Texas tech and finally deciding on Cal as his landing point, um, he's well-spoken. I don't think he's going to have much difficulty absorbing a playbook. His arm is, again, I'll say it's at least above average. And I guess he's in the running to be in the top four or five quarterbacks to be taken. Uh, but there's nobody at this game that's at the quarterback position that's going in the first round of the NFL draft. There is no Carson, as I blogged the other night, there is no Carson Wentz in this year's quarterback group at the senior bowl. I'd say that Webb is probably uh, maybe third best. He has one of the, one of the negative spots for a lot of people, including yours truly, hmm. not everybody though, Brian, six five two twenty nine, which is great. But his hands are relatively small. They measured nine and one eighth inch. It ain't the kiss of death, but as Aaron Rodgers pointed out at one of his press conferences a week and a half ago, size matters. <laughs> yeah, it, one of those type of things. You, I, I think you almost rule out him landing at a spot like Green Bay. Uh, could maybe end up down south where it's not yes. so important. But I mean, when when you're playing in December, January games and the ball gets cold, uh, uh, ball control takes a lot of uh, precedent, I guess. Yes, yes, it it might put you in a position to be tempted to do another deflate gate. <laughs> All right, I have to ask about the local Wisconsin kid. How is Corey Clement look, the former Badgers running back? You know, he was always good for the Badgers, but I was always left wanting just a little bit more from him. So tell me how he looks. You can talk about Vince Beagle too, I guess. I, I would like to touch on both of them. Sure, uh, they are both going to be on my all practice squad today, oh, which, which, which I am currently working on. So if any of your cheesehead people want to go over to gbnreport.com later, uh, I will have the all practice squad. I am going to tell you that I thought overall, uh, Corey Clement would rank in the top 10 or 12 players in their performance down here in practices. Nice. He was, he was explosive as a runner. He showed excellent hands and form coming out of the backfield and catching the ball, which in today's NFL is, is obviously very important, but we didn't get to see him do much of that at Wisconsin, especially this last year. Um, Dari was the man of choice to come in when it was a passing down. True. Uh, and yesterday I felt this, and I was glad to see that a couple of people I respect down here, who I will classify as draft posted this themselves yesterday. 
he looked very good in picking up linebackers in one-on-one pass pro yesterday. So I would say to you, Corey really checked all of the boxes to my eyes, and he's the best running back down here all around. Hmm. I do I do give him the benefit of the doubt in that I wonder, you know, he he went all the way to Germany to have this rare surgery last year. I just wonder if it, it took a little bit of time to get over that. It could very well be, and I would, I would clearly say to you, Brian, in my opinion, uh, the way college football is today, let's face it, the Badgers, by the end of their season, these guys have played 14 games. Yeah. You know, we're getting, we're getting close to an NFL-length schedule here, my mm-hmm. friend. Um, and I personally think, from what I saw, that having roughly three weeks to rest up a little bit between their bowl game and this game, I think some of those nicks and bruises did indeed heal, so to speak. And he looked fresh, which was typical of more than a few guys here. If they didn't have a serious injury at the end of their college career, they looked pretty refreshed and renewed after two to three weeks off. And then just briefly on Vince Beagle. Vince Beagle was wonderful. Uh, Great young man. Um, Very talkative. (laughs) Clearly, 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 I would say, to be honest with you, though, uh, the nice part was it wasn't just babbling. Mm -hmm. This young man clearly has a high IQ, whether it be football IQ or general IQ. Very personable. And I will say two things about his prospects, Brian. I think he's a top 100 draftee. Hmm. Uh, first three rounds. And I say that because he has excellent, excellent size for a, a you know, with he played with his hand down quite a bit this week for pass rush purposes and he also stood up and played linebacker which compared to some of these guys down here who were classifying as linebackers they didn't do much of that in college they played with their hand down vince beagle is is all over was all over the field they were using him in multiple ways and at six foot three 242 i got i got Paul, you're you're kind of going in and out here a little bit. Are you there? Maybe what I'll do is I'll just try to recall Paul here, and um, if you don't mind, I know this is terrible to listen to, but um, I think uh, just uh... okay. Paul, let's try it. Okay, let's... you're yeah. you're live on I... here, Paul. Okay, I have not had problems yet this week. But I I think bottom line is simple. Vince Beagle has experience playing as a true linebacker, as does T.J. Watt from their careers at Wisconsin. That will serve them very well going forward. I really, I was more surprised with Beagle and what he did than Corey Clement. Two check marks for the Badgers down here this week. Awesome, awesome. All right. Uh, the Packers have invested into a couple Alabama players early in the NFL draft in recent seasons. First Eddie Lacy, then HaHa Clint Dix. Paul, could O.J. Howard be next? Not unless Ted trades up. 
Okay. I, I clearly no. I don't think OJ Howard is a top twelve pick in this draft, but he. I, I think the Packers are what slotted at twenty ninth. I think so. There is no way he comes close to that. They would Ted would have to love him so much that he pulls the kind of trade uh, the year that he went wild and got B.J. Raji and got Clay Matthews both by trading. I, I, that, that's what he's going to have to do. I'm not convinced it's worth that. But O.J. Howard clearly is the best tight end candidate, and he did not disappoint down here at all. The best. That's, that's, uh, that's strong words there. Well, yeah, I guess it is because it was, I would say to you that the tight end group down here was probably the best group. Hmm. overall, of any position group. Excellent players. Jeremy Sprinkle from Arkansas. I would say to you, I think what I'm saying there, Brian, is if the Packers still feel they need a tight end, I think they can still have a shopping list to go through at the end of round three. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, They may or may not have Jared Cook next year, so tight end may not be a huge priority for them. We'll see how the offseason plays out. Um, All right, Paul, Dan Feeney, uh, the Packers took a lineman out of Indiana last year, Jason Spriggs. So I'm wondering if his former teammate will be drafted higher than him. Yes. Okay. Yes, I would would be surprised if Dan Feeney were to be available late in round two for the Packers. It could happen because he plays guard, but... Uh, yeah, there are some things on his resume that would tend to make you think that he's got a little more value than perhaps some people believed coming in here um, because he checked boxes that tell you he may be, he is probably the best pure guard in this draft. And based on his numbers at the weigh-in and what he showed out on the field, he could, in an emergency, swing out at least to right tackle. He's very similar in size to David Bakhtiari. He's six foot four, 304 pounds. And here's the good news that, that puts him into consideration versatility-wise. Ten and one quarter inch hands, which never hurts as long as you don't grab too much. <laughs> but Brian, for an inside guy, 33 and one eighth inch arms and that's the low end of you know the tackle range he looked good this week they had him they tried him at center a little bit later in the week I think again Feeney for the Packers they've either got to take him in the late first round or they'd have to trade up in the second round but he's a tough guy he's a mauler I think he's a smart football player he would fit I believe, with the Green Bay Packers, he and Spriggs might make an excellent right side to the offensive line. That would be interesting. All right, we've talked a lot about the offensive players here. Now the players on defense I'm interested in. Eddie Vanderdoss, and uh, kind of a similar question to the last one here. Anyone that watched video of Packers' first-round pick Kenny Clark last season perhaps saw his former teammate lining up next to him. How has Eddie Vanderdoss looked this week? Eddie Vanderdoss has done just fine. He looks to be, he had a pretty bad knee injury back in 2015, late in the year. And you could tell at the beginning of the 2016 season 
that he was still rehabbing himself. He's a big body. He's actually he actually looks bigger than he is now. You know, he's six foot three, three twenty. But you know, there's a lot of guys that fit into that range in every draft. But he looks bulk wise even bigger than that. He's kind of got a baby face. <laughs> um, he he was absolutely owning some people at the line of scrimmage. But Brian, I don't think his game is what the Packers look for or what Tom Capers looks for because you're not going to play much with him positionally speaking. Okay. You're going to you're going to put him and I and I'm not convinced that nose tackle is the best deal for him. You're going to put in my opinion, you're going to put him in a 4-3 defensive line at defensive tackle and he is just going to clog the middle for you. But I'm not convinced. I don't in fact, I'm going to say this flat out. You can't move him around like the Packers do with their defensive linemen. You'd have to stick him in there, and you'd have to leave him there. And I'm not sure he's the perfect fit to be right over the nose despite his bulk. Hmm. Uh, interesting how he is shaping up uh, to be an NFL prospect. All right, Paul, another guy uh, I'd like to know about, Deshaun Hall from Texas A&M. With Julius Peppers nearing retirement, I see a lot of parallels with Deshaun Hall. Here are a pair of guys, uh, both with basketball backgrounds, both play both inside and outside on the defensive line. Can Hall kind of fit that Julius Peppers kind of role in the NFL? Good question. I, I think it is possible. I think we still need to see. He did not stand out this week. He didn't look okay. bad. Don't don't get me wrong. He didn't stand out negatively either. You know, there are some guys that come down here and we're writing voluminous things about how bad they are. Mm-hmm. He didn't he did not look out of place, but he did not dominate in any sense of the word. He certainly, as you are alluding to, he certainly has the frame. He's six foot five, two sixty five, and he's got thirty four and five eighth inch hands. You would drew our, our arms, I should say. Yeah, yeah, sure. He's got that big. He's got thirty-four and five-eighth inch arms, and that would be a great number if he were playing left tackle. Even um, I think two of the questions people have is whether or not he's got the strength to move people around a little bit, which you have to be able to do. It can't all be speed, and I think he didn't do anything here this week to dispel the concern that perhaps at Texas A&M, he looked better than he might if he were the focus guy because everybody was game planning to deal with the guy on the opposite end of the line, Miles Garrett, who's probably a top 10 pick. Mm -hmm. So there are more, I don't know how we check the boxes, some of them on him. He passes the eye test, but, I didn't come away from this week and I was watching him before you mentioned you were going to ask about him and I just didn't see him. He did not, as the saying goes in pigskin ball world, he did not catch my eye Mm -hmm. with performance on the field this week. So I, I'd give you an incomplete and I wouldn't be real excited about him being the next Julius Peppers, at least right now. Hmm. 
be interesting to track his progress at the NFL Combine. Um, all right, uh, sticking with the defensive front uh, line of questioning here, Derek Rivers. Uh, I'm curious about the small school prospect, uh, a big part of the Youngstown State football team that reached the FCS National Championship this year, and he was also coached by former Packers assistant Bo Pelini. Where does Rivers fit in the NFL? I think he, I think he fits in a Packers type defensive scheme as well or better than most of the guys down at this game. Okay. Um, he, I, I think he's going to have position versatility, which Dom Capers obviously likes in his front seven or six or whatever he's playing. Um, and even though it's a transition period for him here this week, because he basically played with his hand down, at Youngstown State, let's face it, he was athletic enough to dominate against smaller school competition. He came in here at six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds, right on right on the button. He is he's got a nice football body. He split his time between standing up as an outside linebacker and putting his hand down as a pass rusher. And he showed flashes in both instances. There's nothing on the stat sheet that really grabs your attention about him at 6'4", 250, nine and a half inch hands. That's okay. 32 and three eighth inch arms. That's okay. 77 and a half inch wingspan. That's okay. Everything was okay. But he does clearly look like an athlete. And Brian, I would say in the right situation, which a Packers type of scheme uh, might be with its versatility requirement and his overall athleticism in a couple of years, he could develop into something uh, that you plug into the lineup and he plays a lot for you. I like rivers. A lot of other people were impressed. He didn't dominate. He's still, as they say, he's still on the come. As, as a prospect. Ah, good to hear about him uh, for a small school guy or, you know, non-D1. That's good to hear out of right. him. All right, finally, uh, the Packers already have two Miami cornerbacks on their roster, so it's only appropriate to ask about one more, I think. I know Corn Elder is small. Can he be that small and play in a place like Green Bay? He probably can, but... Uh... After watching him, he's a feisty guy. You know, he Brian, he fits the 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 old time Jimmy Johnson mold of hurricane players coming out. Um, <laughs> but what scares me about him is a his size. But you know, I mean, in the in the Miami Bowl game, he led the team in tackles. Mm-hmm. That, that that tells you something. He's not afraid to come up. Uh, I I think I think he might be in a perilous situation if he tries to play that way in the NFL. You know, he may knock himself out of some ball games. I think the thing that that does not, not being the key word, does not excite me about his Packer potential, he is quicker than he is fast. Okay. He's probably at best a slot nickel corner in the NFL. And that still means he'd see the field a lot. So it's not like you're drafting somebody that sits on the bench in today's NFL. 
But I, I am of the feeling, Brian, uh, probably like many people are, I'll be surprised if we do see Sam Shields back in a Packer uniform. True. Um, this team medically does not mess around with concussions, necks, and backs. We, we've seen that traditionally. It's cost the Packers a lot of secondary players over the years, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what the Packers are, should be looking for, from what I saw of their play this year, they sure should be looking at the cornerback position once if not twice in this draft, the first time perhaps high. But I think, Brian, the key word in their scouting needs to be speed, speed, and more speed. Yeah. And Corn Elder is quick, but he doesn't have straight line speed. So you you know, you put a, a relatively short guy out on the field at five foot ten and hundred and seventy nine pounds and you put him on a corner in the NFL and you tell him he's going to have to run downfield with guys like Julio Jones and AJ green. And I think you're asking for trouble. I don't see him unless they see him in the fourth or fifth round, which he might last to. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a hot, hot prospect fourth or fifth round. If they feel they need a nickel slot cornerback. Okay. Uh, he's feisty enough. I like that attitude, but uh, I think I think they got literally bigger fish to fry when they look at the cornerback position. And I think you would be looking at some uh, potentially some other players that were down here that maybe could last into early the third day of the draft like uh, a Brendan Langley from Lamar six feet 199 pound cornerback who at times got burned this week absolutely the guys from the small schools do but you know he's got nine and five eighth inch hands 31 plus inch arms 76 arms span there's a couple guys like that that I think should be of more interest but Cornelder didn't do anything to hurt himself he just is what he is quicker than fast and a small guy. Yeah. Uh, well, Paul, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about all these players here. Unfortunately, it's all the time we have and we could, we could talk about a whole lot more, but maybe we'll, I'll leave you with this for, for the gambling degenerates out there. Have any inclination <laughs> on who might win between the North or South? I think you can bet on this in Vegas. So uh, yeah, I bet you can. No, I, at this point, I'm going to say no. I personally think <laughs> that Brian, no, no, listen, seriously, I, I think because the Packers, in my opinion, need to upgrade their speed factor overall as a team so much, I think before we start trying to uh, Ouija board who they're going to pick, you know, I think realistically we've got to see some of the speed and quickness numbers at the combine. Yeah. I really do. I think I think that should factor into Ted's evaluation maybe a little more heavily than at other times uh we need we need a couple of guys fast like shields faster than rollins and randall in my opinion yeah yeah i i think randall is fast uh he just i I don't know about (laughs) i don't know what to say about him he's yeah well he's he's a safety that's still trying to convert i I mean you see the splash plays and you're like wow but he just is too yeah. much of a freelancer, I think. Yep. Um, hey, 
We'll see. Hey, by the way, on the way out the door here, okay. uh, if people are thinking T.J. Lang is, is leaving but they don't want to see the Packers draft an offensive guard real early, okay. I'll tell you who I really liked. I think he'd fit in Green Bay. Kyle Callis okay. from Michigan, the offensive guard who could pro- – he is an absolute Jim Rat football freak. He wishes the season lasted year-round. <laughs> his, his comment, Brian, was – the key to it is you got to get eight hours sleep a night. After that, out on the field playing is the medicine. <laughs> Good to hear. Um, that's what uh, Mike McCarthy likes out of a football player, I know. So that's 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 what he means when he talks about uh, Packer person. Is do there you go. Love, I think do they so. Love football. So. Uh, all right, Paul. Uh, enjoy uh, Friday before the game on Saturday, and. Uh, We'll, we'll follow you on Twitter for your analysis. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me with you, Brian. Thank you. See ya. Bye-bye. Pigskin Paul Guillemet joining us here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. What the hell's going on out here? All right. I'll try to tell you, Vince, what the heck's going on out here. And by the way, I should throw this out once again. Pigskin Paul Guillemet coming at us from the website GBNReport.com. That's Great Blue North. Uh, That's what GBN stands for. GBNReport.com. You can find his uh, analysis from the Senior Bowl practices uh, there. So check it out. Okay, getting to the news here. Um, Yesterday, uh, the big news coming out of Mike McCarthy's season-ending press conference uh associate head coach Tom Clements will not be returning to Green Bay in 2017 a piece of news relayed by Mike McCarthy himself um and it's a factor of uh his his contract expiring so he's just not going to renew uh or re-sign with the Green Bay Packers and you know what um Thank you so much, Tom Clements, for the contributions you made toward a Super Bowl team in Super Bowl XLV back when he was the quarterback coach. And you can probably credit a lot of Aaron Rodgers' development to Tom Clements, of which Aaron Rodgers has mentioned himself on multiple occasions in interviews over the years. So thank you for that. But... (laughs) <laughs> Tom Clemens stepping down, I think, kind of alleviates a problem in Green Bay, that being the too many cooks philosophy. And I, <laughs> if you happen to follow me for some time and followed what I used to do uh, as a staff writer at 24-7 Sports uh, before stepping away, um, uh, you know, I wrote a lot about the too many cooks philosophy last year. Um, and, and that was back when the Packers were searching for answers in the 2016, or pardon me, 2015 season. Now, uh, they had moved Alex Van Pelt from the box to the field, uh, the team's quarterback coach to, you know, talk with Aaron Rodgers and the quarterbacks more on the sidelines. Uh, Edgar Bennett is now the offensive coordinator. You got Mike McCarthy calling plays. And, of course, you've got Aaron Rodgers himself controlling a lot of the offense out on the field and calling his own plays and audibling his own plays. So 
um, you add Tom Clements, the associate head coach, man, that's a lot of people with their, you know, fingers in the pot, so to speak. Uh, and, and maybe too many, too many guys. And this is kind of getting one person out of the equation. And maybe that's a good thing for the Green Bay Packers. Certainly offense wasn't the problem for the team this year. Uh, the problems were more on the defensive side of the football. So, you know, it wasn't working all that bad. Uh, but, you know, wishing Tom Clements uh, the best, uh, all the best in whatever he chooses to do. Uh, not sure what he's doing, if he's uh, getting out of the coaching game or whatever. I mean, he's he's certainly, he's getting up there in years, uh, although I'm sure he isn't you know, near retirement age yet. If, if he's just got other things, uh, uh, plan consulting, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, whatever Tom Clement is going on, good luck to him. Um, so apart from the Tom Clements news, Mike McCarthy also addressed the job security, more or less expecting defensive coordinator Dom Capers to return and confirming general manager Ted Thompson isn't going anywhere either. It was an odd situation where a coach comments on the job status of his boss, but I suppose that's what happens when the general manager rarely talks to the media in Green Bay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it, it, it kind of a little bit of reading between the lines in that, you know, Mike McCarthy didn't explicitly come out and say Dom Capers is coming back. He 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 did say that for Ted Thompson. So uh, any you can you can end the speculation here about both of those guys probably. Um, and I know a lot of people will be up in arms about the you know job of the Packers defense and how they've done not only this year but you know a kind a unit that's kind of been down for the past. You know, it's it's been trending downward ever since they won a Super Bowl uh, when it was pretty good. Uh, not that it's been terrible. Uh, at times it has been, uh, but I'm talking about compared to other NFL defenses. Uh, it's difficult. I, I'm not sure exactly where I fall on the, D, on the Dom Caper spectrum. Uh, I'm not necessarily disappointed that he is being retained. Um, I think you can do worse than Dom Capers, and he has shown to have a track record of success in the NFL on the defensive side of the football. Um, it, you can certainly argue that it's up to Ted Thompson to fill, to provide him with more talent. And as Paul Guillemette mentioned several times over the course of his interview, Maybe it starts with a lot more athleticism and speed than the Packers have shown on the field. We'll see how the draft unfolds and see whether they get that uh, in this upcoming NFL draft. But uh, Dom Capers and Ted Thompson coming back. And speaking of general managers, the Colts have confirmed Elliot Wolf is interviewing for one of their open positions. He's one of six candidates. So Elliot Wolf may have pulled out of the 49ers GM job, but when you look at the situation in Indianapolis, the franchise quarterback is already in place, and, and that's a big difference and a big appeal for someone like Wolf. Um, if you're thinking he's he's simply waiting to take the Packers general manager job, I'm not sure. He's He hasn't been hesitant to do the interviews, whether or not he'll take them or even be offered the Colts GM job. <laughs> 
there's people out there who have speculated uh, Peyton Manning should be the Colts GM. Apparently that's not going to happen. Um, but you'll have to, you have to wonder how long Elliot Wolf will be patient enough to wait for Ted Thompson to retire or step down. We will find out anyway. The day ahead. All right. Once again, the closest thing we're getting to Packers content now that the season is over is Pro Bowl practice taking place on Friday. In fact, it should be just underway at 9.45 a.m. Eastern Time. It takes place at ESPN Wide World of Sports Field number 17. It's free and open to the public if you're in the Orlando area, so keep an eye out for Ha Ha Clinton Dix and David Bakhtiari, the Packers Pro Bowl representatives this season, at least those who haven't pulled out due to injury or other reasons. Um, As for the Pro Bowl game, it takes place at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time on Sunday and will be televised on ESPN from the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. That's as close as we're getting to Packers football at this time of the year. The last time anybody with a Packers helmet will be suiting up in pads this season. So I I guess enjoy it if you're into the Pro Bowl. I'm not sure I fall into that category, but maybe if it's the you're sitting around on a Sunday night and not watching anything better, uh, maybe that suffices for for football content at this time of year. Uh, But anyway, best of luck to uh, uh, David Bakhtiari and Ha Clindex. Congratulations on at least making the team. It's a nice honor. Uh, regardless. And that'll do it, folks, for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you so much for joining us. My call to action today's show is brought to you by Beer Rock, Madison's upcoming beer bar, looking to open in the coming months, of which I am the prospective owner. Again, this is a long-term goal, not open yet. But we're trying to build a social social media presence. So if you could give us a follow on Facebook, I'd greatly appreciate it. Facebook.com slash BeerockMadison, B-I-E-R-O-C-K. Beerock is going to be the name of the tavern. That's it, folks. Have a good Friday. We'll talk to you next Monday. The show airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8.30 a.m. Central Time. The live edition of the show podcasted and on demand later in the day. Already got uh, our uh, Monday guests lined up. We're talking to Justice Mosqueda uh, of Bleacher Report, who's also been in Mobile this week. So we're going to get a Senior Bowl recap with him on Monday morning. Uh, talk more about the prospects the Packers saw in uh in person this week in mobile so looking forward to that hey we'll see you folks have a good weekend and we'll talk to you on monday on behalf of everybody at cheesehead tv i'm brian Kirbo. i leave you today with a song called best feeling by keller williams and the string cheese incident on sci fidelity records see ya go pack go